at the second coming of Jesus Christ, we don't see him as the king of peace. That we see him not riding on a donkey, but according to Revelations 19, we see him coming on a horse. The horse is a symbol of war and judgment. Interesting. What a difference between the first coming and the second coming of Christ. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul will continue our series celebrating God's gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Exploring how Jesus once was hailed as a king in Jerusalem, but crucified just one week later, we'll see that every person has the choice to either accept or reject him as God's sinless son. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio for encouragement to receive Jesus as your Savior and King. Today's lesson is titled, The Rejection of the King. Here's Raul Reese. This morning we want to look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, if you have your Bibles. A very important day for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when He came to Jerusalem. And it seems that uh, more and more every year, people are forgetting about Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and of course, Easter service. And yet, these are very important dates that the Bible gives us. Because without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we would have no future at all. We would be lost completely. But the story here in Matthew chapter 21, it takes us back to God's divine plan for men. And God's divine and perfect timing uh, that He gives not only to men, but to Himself. God had a purpose with His Son Jesus Christ, and He accomplished it. Just like He will accomplish His purpose and plan for your own lives. As you look at your lives. Here we have Jesus now after three and a half years of preaching, teaching, and healing people. That he's been talking to his disciples now for three years. And he's been sharing with them that he is going up to Jerusalem. And when he goes to Jerusalem, he is going to be betrayed. And he's going to be scorched. He's going to be whipped. And he's going to be crucified. Now the disciples don't really believe it. They don't even understand it. Even though Jesus has been teaching them and speaking to them, they still don't get it. They don't get it. Just like we don't get it so many times. I mean, how many times have we read the Bible? I don't know about you, but I try to read it twice a year. And every time I read the Bible, it seems I find something new, or God speaks to me through the old to become new. There's always God's perfect timing as you read the stories. And then you have Jesus as He's on His way now from Jericho. He's coming up Jericho to Jerusalem. He's coming up to Bethany, Bethany, and then into the city of Jerusalem. 
And in back of his mind, thinking how he would be betrayed by Judas. But the saddest thing is that triumphant entry into Jerusalem from Bethany, Bethany into Jerusalem would be a time not of rejoicing, but a time of weeping. Let's read the story in chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. Let me read it to you so we can hear it and then get used to what he says. And now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethany on the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite to you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied, and then a colt with her to lose them and bring them both to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. And as this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Now notice that everything the Lord is doing is according to God's divine time. It's been prophesied. Back in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, this is what it says, 500 years before Christ came. He says, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So when we study the scriptures, we see that this already was written way back in the Old Testament. They knew it. They knew the prophecies. The religious leaders of the time knew every scripture, and yet they willfully, willingly rejected it. They didn't want nothing to do with it. The common people were open. And so then the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. And they set Jesus on them. And then a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. And others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now how do they know that they were supposed to take off their clothes, spread it on the ground, and then cut down palm branches and kind of take them and kind of move them around as Jesus was walking through? Because that was in the scriptures too. How do they know that? God's divine time. Prophesying, fulfilling exactly what he said. Verse 9. And then the multitudes who went before and, and those who followed him cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? And so the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Since it was Passover at this particular time, according to Josephus the historian, he tells us there were two million people in the city of Jerusalem. They came from everywhere to celebrate the Passover. And imagine for 1900 years, literally, they not only had come and killed the lamb, killed the goat, and then they would take the blood and they would actually sprinkle it after cutting up all the parts of the animal. 
And back in the Old Testament, on the Day of Atonement, they would take two he-goats, and the one goat they would have there, they would lay their hands on top of the head of the goat, and the priest would pray for the sins of the people, and making a transfer from the people's sins into the head of the goat. And then this goat would be led out to the wilderness, while the other goat would be killed. And bled and filleted and then burned as an offering to the Lord. And while all Israel waited for the other goat to go out into the wilderness, they could not blow the chafar or the ram's horn until that ram or that goat would be literally lost in the wilderness. Then atonement was completed. And they would blow the horn back to Jerusalem and everybody would rejoice. And they would party. Because it was a picture of things to come. As Jesus Christ would become the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ. A picture in the Old Testament, a type to come. And here he is in Matthew 21. Coming into the city of Jerusalem. This is the only time in his ministry that Jesus actually promoted a public demonstration. Remember he was always hiding. Always doing everything in secret. Always telling the disciples, don't say what I said to you. Keep it to yourselves. But now he says it is open. I want everybody to know what I'm doing. Up to this time, he was cautioned people. Not to tell anybody who he was. And yet now Jesus is saying, hey, I want everybody to know who I am. And so he plans a public demonstration for the world. For one thing we know for sure is that he was obedient to the word of God. And he was fulfilling his own prophecy. Zechariah 9.9 Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a fowl of a donkey. This prophecy could apply only in the scriptures to Jesus Christ. For he's the only one with the credentials that prove that he is the king of Israel. He is the king of Israel. And yet, we usually do not associate a lowly donkey with kingship in the Old Testament when people talk about donkeys. And yet, the donkey was the royal animal of Jewish monarchy. Imagine that. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or give us a call at 800-634-9165. If you have questions about Christ and salvation, Rawl would be happy to respond to them personally. His email address is pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. Now back to the conclusion of today's lesson, The Rejection of the King. You see, the donkey was a sign of God's peace, not of God's judgment. God's peace. 
As here Jesus Christ was coming in all humility to die on the cross to save people from their sins. Yet at the second coming of Jesus Christ, we don't see him as the king of peace. But we see him not riding on a donkey, but according to Revelations 19, we see him coming on a horse. The horse is a symbol of war and judgment. Interesting. When you look at the scriptures, what a difference between the first coming and the second coming of Christ. The first coming, he came to become the prince of peace. The second time he comes, he's coming to judge the world because man has rejected his love, his grace, and his mercies. In John 1.11 it says, He came into his own, and his own did not receive him. Speaking of the Jews. The next time we see Jesus Christ as the King of kings and Lord of lords, He will be riding and coming from heaven to the battle of Armageddon to set His right foot on the Mount of Olives. He will be called the King of kings, Lord of lords. He's coming with great power and glory. Revelations 19.11 says, And now I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. In righteousness he judges and makes war. When he comes again, you notice, he's coming as the judge of the world. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important that we understand the story this morning. It forced the Jewish leaders to act just like we have to act this morning. Either by receiving or rejecting. We have to choose. If we leave this morning without Jesus Christ, you are making the choice to willfully reject. Willfully reject Him as your personal Lord and Savior in your life. And one thing you and I have to understand is that He will never, ever force anyone to accept Him. He gives every one of us the choice that is to receive or to reject, to worship or not to worship Him. Never, never forcing Himself. That's why when he was in Samaria and talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, he said, look woman, God is a spirit And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The word truth there is reality. He has to be real in my life. That's the difference between religion and Christianity. Religion is not real. Religion is man-made. Christianity is Christ-made. Christ made the rules. Christ gave us the word of God to not only understand it, but to live by every word that is given to us. And that's why the people shouted, Hosanna, save now, save now. The common people received the Lord. But the leadership of Israel rejected the Lord. And you know what's so neat? As the people began to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now. They were quoting again 750 years before from Psalm 118, verse 25 and 26, where David said, Save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Imagine that. 
The psalmist proclaimed that. Later that week, Jesus himself would refer to his own psalm and apply this thing to himself in Psalm 118, 22, 23, where Jesus would say, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus Christ would be rejected. But you know, the prophecy goes further than that. Further than that. When you go back to the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1. When Nehemiah had been not only serving in the court of the king at Exerges in Persia. There God came to Nehemiah and put a burden on his heart to go back to his city in Jerusalem. As he heard the report from his brother. That the city was burned down. The gates were totally burned down. The wall were ripped down. And when Nehemiah heard that he prayed it and he fasted. He was praying and fasting. Because as he was in the court of the king. In the Persian court. No one could ever be sad. No one could ever murmur or complain. Or even look like you were in a time of grief. Because you were the one that tasted the wine. Ate the meals before the king. To make sure they were not poisoned. You were the guinea pig. In the court of the king. Nehemiah was in that position. And one day he woke up as he began to pray and fast for many, many days. And King Alexerxes came to him and said, Hey Nehemiah, why are you sad? He could have killed him. And he began to share the burden with the king as he had been praying to the king of kings and lord of lords. And that king of kings touched the earthly king and began to share the heart of Nehemiah. And the king said to him, Nehemiah, get ready and go and do what you have to do. And I'll support you. That happened on March 14, 445 B.C. That was the beginning of the countdown. The countdown that is given to us by Daniel in the book of Daniel chapter 9. What we call the 70 week of Daniel. That there would be 490 years before the end would come. Imagine that. Before the end would come. And on March 14, 445 B.C. The timetable began to break and the countdown began until April the 6th, 32 AD, Matthew 21, which we're reading this morning, when Jesus Christ entered on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. The word of God was fulfilled 483 years to the date. And the only thing left is the one week left. The last week, which we call the 70 week of Daniel, which is the great tribulation when the Antichrist will rule for the last seven years of world history. And that has not begun yet. That is still future. God's prophecies. Right on target, just as he said it would come to pass. And yet the leaders knew it. And the leaders rejected it. The leaders were not interested in the truth. They were concerned only with protecting their own interests. Just like people today. People don't care. As long as I take care of myself. And my interest. And yet listen to the words of the scripture. When they said in total rejection. They said this. We have no king but Caesar. Hey, that is still the proclamation today of hundreds and millions of people. 
who serve Caesar. How sad when people willfully reject the truth for a lie. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God, it is manifested to them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. And then again, Satan's great lie. In Romans 1.21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Neither were they thankful, but became empty in their thinking. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became stupid. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men. Like birds, four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore... God also gave them up to their uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever and ever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature, that is, lesbianism. And likewise, also the men, leaving their natural use of the woman, they burn in their lust one for another, homosexuality. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty and the error that was due to them. I mean, if you reject the knowledge of the truth, God will give you up to do whatever you want to do. But one day you'll stand in judgment. Because the heavens declare the glory of God. That God is real. If you've never received God's gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, it's our hope that you won't hesitate any longer in making that life-changing decision. You're listening to Somebody Lives You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's message is available in its complete form by calling 800-634-9165. When you give a gift of $5 or more, we'll send you a complete copy of the study, The Rejection of the King. We'd also like to tell you about Raul's four-part series titled The Birth of Jesus Christ. Available on either CD or a convenient USB drive, this study takes an in-depth look at the biblical accounts of that world-changing, long-ago night in Bethlehem. As you contemplate how Jesus exchanged heaven's glory for a humble stable, you'll see why He fully deserves your worship and surrender. Contact us today to purchase Roll's four-lesson series titled, The Birth of Jesus Christ. Visit SomebodyLivesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you this resource for a gift of $18 for the CD collection or $10 for the MP3 thumb drive. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
We invite you to make full use of our free resources as well. Join Rolf for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. It's a Q&A program that provides more insight into who God is and what He desires for your life. You won't want to miss out on it. You can also download podcasts of all of these programs using iTunes or Spotify. And if you'd like someone to help you begin a saving relationship with Jesus, call 800-634-9165. We'd be honored to pray with you. Somebody Loves Your Radio with Raul Reese is fully listener-supported, and we are grateful for the generous partners who help us share the hope of God's salvation. Every gift is tax-deductible. Be sure and join us next time for the conclusion of this series centered on Jesus' global rescue mission. Together, we'll contemplate the incredible love that propelled his decision to exchange a heavenly throne for a lowly manger. Here's Raul with a closing comment. What about some of you here this morning? What will you do with Jesus Christ as the Redeemer? Will you accept him or will you reject him? You have to make the choice. Choose before it's too late. If God speaks to your heart. One more cry from the scripture. He said, Behold, your king comes unto you. Behold, your king comes unto you. What are you going to do with your king? Is he your king? You have to choose. Jesus or Satan. Those are the only two choices. It is up to you this morning, by the power of the Holy Spirit, who you're going to serve. That will become your king today. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.